This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as proud as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worst. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. A big thank you to all our members for making our truth journey a reality. To listen to part two of tonight's interview and all of our material, just go to veritasradio.com and click on the subscribe button. You will receive your login immediately. And have you listened to Sanitas Radio yet? If you haven't, you're missing out. You cannot put a price on health. And Sanitas is doing for health what Veritas does for truth. Check it out. Go to sanitasradio.com. And with the seasons changing, this would be a good time to purchase MMS. You never know when you'll need it. And it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Go to the Veritas store for more information. And to get in touch with us for member support, media inquiries, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there's a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And tonight's special guest is Dr. Michael Sala, an internationally recognized scholar in international politics, conflict resolution, and U.S. foreign policy. Michael has a Ph.D. in government from the University of Queensland, Australia. During his academic career, he was author and editor of four books focusing on international politics. Dr. Sala is a pioneer in the development of exopolitics, 
the study of the main actors, institutions, and political processes associated with extraterrestrial life. He is the founder of the Exopolitics Institute and the Exopolitics Journal. And to learn more about Dr. Michael Sala and his work, and purchase his new book titled Kennedy's Last Stand, UFOs, MJ-12, and JFK's Assassination, visit his website at exopolitics.org. And directly from Captain Cook, Hawaii, I would like to welcome Dr. Michael Sala back to Veritas. Hello, Michael, and welcome back. How are you? I'm well, Mel. Uh, thanks for having me back. I'm looking forward to this interview. It's my pleasure, and I finally read the book last night. Thank you for sending it, Michael. And I had my suspicions about what Kennedy had seen before, but I, I never, for some reason, never put Kennedy and James Forrestal together as a link, as, as a protege that Kennedy was. But first of all, so that the audience knows, what motivated you to put all of this together in, in a new book? Well, like many people, I've always been fascinated by the, the Kennedy assassination. Uh, for me, uh, I, I was only five years old when it actually happened. And it was uh, really remarkable because my father came into the yard where I was playing and he told me that this American president had been killed and he began crying. So I had I'd never seen my father cry before. Um, but, you know, it was kind of pretty memorable. I kind of felt like something really important had happened. There was something about this man, Kennedy, that, that made my father cry. And and I was only five at the time, so obviously, you know, I was oblivious to it all and, you know, not, not having any kind of political knowledge at all at the time. But it kind of stuck with me. So I've always been fascinated by... Uh, by President Kennedy and his assassination. And uh, over the years, uh, as I've begun to do more research into this field of exopolitics, there have always been these kind of really interesting references to Kennedy and that uh, Kennedy may have been kind of trying to find out what was happening on this issue of UFOs. And so I began to dig and dig and wrote a few articles about finding out what, what had happened uh, in the latter portions of uh, his uh, presidential career. Uh, and then I kind of stumbled across uh, that Kennedy actually in 1945 had made a trip to post-war Germany as a guest of James Forrestal. And, and that was really kind of opening the door to many insights and connections here because Forrestal was at the, at the thick of things. So I was really kind of shocked when I realized that James Forrestal was actually uh, John F. Kennedy's mentor back in 1945, and that, and that Forrestal had really kind of opened the door to Kennedy learning a lot of things, and that Kennedy uh, himself actually had a history in naval intelligence. So there's a lot of kind of historical connections here, which uh, really importantly are backed up by fact, that this is not speculation. There's uh, documents um, showing that, in fact, these uh, events did happen, that Kennedy was involved at a very high level uh, with some of the meetings that were deciding the, the fate of post-war Germany and the future of the planet. And uh, Kennedy was right there and being told about it all. And most people obviously know who John F. Kennedy was, but a lot of people may not know who James V. Forrestal was. For those who may not know, who was James Forrestal and why was he so important to this story? Well, James Forrestal basically began life as a journalist. Uh, then he became an investment banker and became very successful. 
Uh, jo- along the way, he met uh, Joseph Kennedy, who was the father of John F. Kennedy. And both Joseph Kennedy and James Forrestal were both Irish Catholics, and they had a very similar history. They were both self-made men, and they were opposed to the kind of establishment, and the establishment tended to be kind of white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Uh, and so being Irish Catholics, uh, they were really kind of against the establishment. And and Joseph Kennedy and James Forrestal both became involved in Wall Street reform. So after the, the Great Crash, uh, the, the, the Great Depression uh, in 1930, when that all began, the Wall Street uh, Crash, 2930. Um, so James Forrestal was involved in Wall Street reform. And along the way, he met... Uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, sorry, uh, Joseph Kennedy. And so they became friends. Uh, Joseph Kennedy would eventually rise to become the ambassador to for the United States to Britain. Uh, James Forrestal's career uh, took on an interesting turn because he left Wall Street banking uh, to become uh, the undersecretary of the Navy uh, with the, under the administration of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So uh, Roosevelt was advised that James Forrestal was the person that would help the Navy prepare for this enormous war effort that was uh, just around the corner. Did he have so, any military background, Forrestal, before this? Uh, yes, he, he he served as a junior lieutenant in the First World War uh, okay. with, with, the, with the Navy, but he didn't rise to any prominent position. His his expertise was really in banking, and uh, basically being able to uh, help reform kind of outdated uh, financial structures, because that's where he made a name for himself in being able to implement reforms of Wall Street. And so, uh, you know, that's where he met Joseph Kennedy, who Joseph Kennedy was the very first uh, chairman of the Securities Exchange Commission. So that's a very interesting historical connection between the, the, the two of them. But anyway, so, so Forrestal was nominated to basically help with this uh, reform uh, of, of the Navy so that it could prepare for this uh, enormous war effort that lay ahead. So he was appointed to the under, uh, to this position of Undersecretary of the Navy uh, under uh, Roosevelt and then rose to become the uh, the Secretary of the Navy in 1943, just as the, the war effort was taking off. And so Forrestal was at this very senior position in the uh, Navy uh, when, of course, many interesting things were happening around the world. And uh, he uh, was in the loop of some of the major decisions that were being undertaken. And it's just kind of historically, it's nice to point out that uh, at this time, um, you, you had the LA, riot, LA air raid of 1942 in February, uh, where, of course, uh, it's well known that uh, there was uh, a, a fleet of ships or aircraft that were unknown and that there was a kind of na- uh, there was a, a big artillery barrage launched against uh, these unknown aircraft. Uh, apparently, according to one of the documents that or a couple of the documents actually released released through the Majestic Files, um, documents uh, by uh, George Marshall, who was Secretary of the War to President Roosevelt and from Roosevelt to Marshall and vice versa, uh, basically they acknowledged that there had been a crash of one of these vehicles and the Navy had gained possession of this crashed UFO and that it was basically extraterrestrial 
in technology. It was an, they referred to it as an interplanetary vehicle and that the Navy had it and that they were passing on the information to the Army's Counterintelligence Corps uh, for further study. And that's when you actually had the formation of the uh, Interplanetary Phenomenon Unit, which is a, in itself a very important historical development. But it's important to point out that at the, at the time of those events, uh, Forrestal was the Undersecretary of the Navy and only a few months later rose to become the Secretary of the Navy. So Forrestal was uh, certainly briefed about what happened uh, that uh, the Navy had captured a UFO of interplanetary origins and that a top intelligence uh, team was created by the Army to study uh, this uh, craft to find out whether it could be used for the war effort. How do we determine that it was indeed a, an extraterrestrial vehicle and not perhaps a Nazi technology? Well, um, at the time... Uh, this this was this had happened just after the declaration of the war in the Pacific. So there's no way that, that the Nazis could have had technologies uh, operational in the Pacific theater at the time. I mean, obviously the Nazis were using uh, V1 and V2 rockets against Britain. Uh, that was really the extent of their being able to uh, launch uh, sort of any kind of aerial attack. Uh, they were very proficient in submarine warfare and some of the German U-boats. So they were producing uh, a phenomenal number of U-boats. Uh, uh, the Germans were producing one, one U-boat a day. A day. Yeah. yeah, incredible. Um, but um, but nothing in terms of an, any aerial uh, capacity off the coast of uh, you know California at the time, and and of course we have the documents that the majestic uh, people have been able to provide uh, these memos from George Marshall to Roosevelt and vice versa, talking about these technologies as not being earthly in origin, that they were other uh, otherworldly in origin, and that they were interplanetary, and that was why the interplanetary phenomenon unit was created at that time, soon after the L.A. riot, uh, uh, air raids in 42. There are so many reasons why JFK may have been assassinated that I could actually discuss it for, for an entire day, but some researchers say that it could have been because of his demands to access files and images concerning an ET presence on Earth. You think this is plausible? I, I think it's very, very possible. I think uh, what... Uh, Kennedy experienced during the Second World War and what he had been told by Forrestal afterwards made him very familiar with this level of information. Um, and, you know, I mentioned the, the L.A. Uh, air raid. Well, uh, what's interesting is that at that very time of the air raid, uh, uh, John F. Kennedy was uh, with naval intelligence. And so he was actually responsible uh, for helping uh, send relay world events information through the various naval uh, channels so that he could get to the right person. So, so John F. Kennedy was working in naval intelligence at the very time naval intelligence had retrieved uh, crashed the UFO of interplanetary origin. Then, of course, uh, later on in 1945, he becomes a guest of James Forrestal in a post-war tour of uh, Germany and actually gets to see at first hand many of the captured Nazi super weapons, uh, which many people have come forward to confirm were far ahead of anything possessed by uh, the US or Russia, and in fact were extraterrestrial in technology, and we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, and, and then later on, when uh, Kennedy became a congressman, 
uh, he was being uh, briefed in uh, very select uh, meetings uh, by a number of kind of up-and-coming congressmen with very senior officials in the Truman administration, including uh, Forrestal, about what was happening behind the scenes. And, and then you finally, you have uh, the Interplanetary Phenomenon Unit Report uh, basically talking about the, uh, the, the Roswell crash and, uh, and basically it's referring to Kennedy receiving a briefing. So all of these kind of historical documents uh, all point to Kennedy being briefed about UFOs as being interplanetary in origin. So now it kind of makes a lot of sense as to why when Kennedy became president, he would want to know about the UFO issue. He'd want to know, well, you know, what's been happening over the last uh, uh, decade or so? Uh, what, what is the, what is the, the latest kind of uh, technologies that have been developed? Uh, what's the future? You know, what role does the president have? I mean, all of these things are things that Kennedy would very much have been interested in. So I think it makes a lot of sense to understand that we really can't begin to understand why Kennedy was assassinated if we don't look at his historical knowledge and associations with key figures involved in uh, the extraterrestrial program and why it is that when he began his uh, presidential term, he would have been naturally inquiring about what was going on with these extraterrestrial projects and trying to gain access to this. And this is where it gets, uh, the, this is where we get the kind of foundations for uh, what happened in um, November 63. So you think that Kennedy actually learned about the ET presence during his time with uh, naval intelligence then? I think uh, during his time with naval intelligence, he first learned about the ET phenomenon. Um, as I mentioned, he was, he was there uh, when, the, when the air raid happened and the UFOs were recovered by the Navy. Uh, Linda Moulton Howe interviewed uh, two whistleblowers uh, she calls them reliable sources, who basically independently said that it was when Kennedy was in uh, naval intelligence that he first learned of uh, the extraterrestrial presence. So, and that period was in in forty in forty two. Then later on, Kennedy went on to become a PT captain, and of course, you know, everyone knows the history of of uh, him, um, you know, his ship being torn in two, and him becoming a war hero, saving some of his uh, subordinates. But um, it really dated to that period in in forty two. And then, of course, we have uh, what Kennedy was exposed to when he was became a guest of James Forrestal in '45 in the post-war tour of Germany. And it's important to mention that Forrestal wanted to recruit Kennedy to his personal staff. So this wasn't just Forrestal, you know, including Kennedy in his kind of uh, um, press corps. It was Forrestal wanting to recruit Kennedy and basically wanting to give Kennedy exposure to what life would be if he was part of the, the personal staff of, of uh, James Forrestal. And of he course, was being groomed. Exactly, exactly. He was being groomed. And, and Kennedy had to make a choice. He had to choose whether he would enter um, uh, the, the political arena, become a congressman, or become part of the personal staff of Forrestal. And, of course, Joseph Kennedy, uh, jo John F. Kennedy's father, uh, played an important role because when John F. Kennedy's brother died, uh, Joe Kennedy Jr., and when he died um, in an air raid uh, incident um, during the Second World War, then Joseph Kennedy Sr. wanted 
John Kennedy to enter Congress, to, be, to, to go into politics. But if um, John F. Kennedy's father, uh, uh, so brother, hadn't died, uh, it's likely that Kennedy would have joined the personal staff of James Forrestal and uh, his life would have been very different. Certainly. And, and JFK, he, was, uh, he became a, a congressman, what was it, January 3rd, 1947. So by July 1947, he was in Congress. And that's when Roswell happened. Do you think that he was briefed about the Roswell incident being a congressman? I think he... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section, or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today, with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel... Want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback? Just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it, because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.